You're listening to the Is This Odd Dr. Todd program from Los Angeles Magazine Studios, the show where you can get all your medical questions answered without an office visit. Please welcome comedy writer Dimitri Pappas and family medicine physician Dr. Todd Spector. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Is This Odd, Dr. Todd. I am Dimitri and I am joined by Dr. Todd. How's it going, Dr. Todd? Very well, Dimitri. Very well. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. Thank you. I'm doing well. Um, You know, I was thinking we, uh, you know, I refer to you as LA's doctor and I think that's, um, I think that's catching on. And uh, that is my intent. I want you to, to be known as LA's doctor for many reasons. One, I think people have noticed and picked up on the, the fact that you are a wealth of, of medical knowledge, both as a physician and as a parent. Um, but I think it's important that people know. I want to keep reiterating that you are a you are a, a hip guy. It not you know, people probably don't see it from your appearance, but <laughs> but you are. You know, you surf. You play in a band. Like you do regular stuff that a lot of people may not think that the, people think of doctors as like you know golfing and reading <laughs> medical journals. But you do a lot of stuff. Yes, I do. I do. Well, that that's actually kind of how I became a family doctor. I I think that it it probably would be called attention deficit disorder, but I just was so into everything. I I really couldn't make up my mind. Like I wasn't ready to give up peds. I wasn't ready to give up internal medicine. I wasn't ready to give up, you know, urology or gynecology. And family medicine is really a combination of all those things. And so I, it is kind of fun to get these questions on all these different topics. And, you know, all of them are, are pretty much fair game. I may not know all of the answers, but they're all fair game. But you may not, you know, I, I've yet to see a question that you haven't been able to answer. But at the very least, you point people in the right direction and give them. And I, I personally think it's better. Like, you know, it's better to you, you're more suited for people to you can answer questions on these different things. It's like Seinfeld one time. Kramer was like, I'd rather see a vet because they got to be able to cure a chicken, a pig, a frog all on the same day. And I feel like that's what you can do is you, it's not just like, uh, I'm only taking questions about the feet today. It's like, no, <laughs> you're answering questions about sex. Last week, you answered something about uh, butt leakage. Like, find me a doctor that's willing to do that and surf and play guitar. Yeah. Well, yes, I do. Yes, I have some other uh, things. I also get involved with heavy lifting, not of weights, but in things around my house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I dabble in um, home repair. In particular, plumbing, which I, I find very easy and satisfying. Do you really? You do plumbing work around the house? Uh, some. Was that, yeah. were you talk, are you talking like you clog a toilet and you get the plunger and fix it? Or do you do like actual? <laughs> or, or somebody clogs the toilet and I come and fix it. Uh, right. No, I, I like to take apart sinks. And uh, when, when there's something wrong with them or just yeah. like you yeah. go to someone's house for a party and all of a sudden <laughs> party's over and their sink is taken apart. You get you have a couple too many and just take a sink apart. <laughs> well, yes, that, that's right. I just I didn't I just leave it. And I'm like forget to put it back together. But yeah, so I, I'm afraid as these words are coming out of my house, mouth that you know people often ask to borrow my truck, and I have a feeling they're now going to ask to borrow my truck and to have me come and fix their sink. I, I already am. I'm actually in my head. I'm making a mental list of stuff I need to done around the house. You know, <laughs> think of this: a doctor that does a house call that that attends to medical stuff and. Fixes the bathroom sink. I think you you may have just created a new niche. 
<laughs> well, for, niche, I, for niche, anybody niche, for niche. anybody who's listening to this, who's ever fixed a sink, they're probably laughing because if you haven't fixed one, it sounds like this very daunting task. But if you have, there's only like two things to do, but it's very right. satisfying to fix it. So, you know, I'm sure the people who are listening to this who fix things all the time are like that idiot. Like, man, he he thinks he's so cool because he. How about a dishwasher? I'm trying to fix a dishwasher that I haven't well, done I, yet. I think that's probably right there sums up probably why you are a doctor is because it's satisfying <laughs> to fix things, right? It's satisfying for people to have problems and for you to solve them. Very and, much. Um, Very and that's much. what we're doing here on Is This Odd, Dr. Todd. Uh, you are solving people's problems and I am, well, I don't know what, we haven't figured out what I'm doing yet, but listen. Bye. I appreciate listen. you getting dressed up <laughs> for the podcast. Yeah. I'm li- Hey, I'm not the doctor. You're in an office in a building. I'm, you know, I'm in my office at home, right? This is this is what makes me comfortable. We can't all wear blazers and button downs. That's right. Um, all right. Well, listen, let's get we have some good questions today. Let's uh let's get right into them. First question. Dear Dr. Todd, can animals like dogs really detect sickness in humans? Do you see a time when they would be more used in the medical process? Thank you so much. Uh, ASA or ASA? I'm not sure which it is. ASA, but Probably great ASA. question. Yeah, uh, that that is a great and fun question, Dimitri. Um, I like I I like the teaser you had with Kramer going to the veterinarian, <laughs> and I didn't even that wasn't even planned. <laughs> there was a great. Did you you saw the Sasha Baron Cohen's Ollie G show, right? Yes. When he goes to the the veterinarian and he's asking about Vietnam. <laughs> and the guy's like, I think you're mistaken here. I'm a veterinarian, not a veteran. <laughs> um, anyways, so is this, is this your, your way of saying that this question is more suited for a vet than for a doctor? Well, actually, this is a this is this is something that I probably wouldn't know much about if it weren't for COVID. And you know, in the middle of well, first of all, let me just say, I mean, just as a quick aside, that I really think that. One of the amazing things about COVID is although nobody liked it and it was a terrible event for so many human beings and lots of human beings were lost, um, I really think the number of lives that will be saved as a result of the technological advances that happened during COVID will dwarf the number of people that were lost. And, And there was so much innovation and people were willing to throw anything out against the wall and see if it stuck. And one of the things was at the time, people were like, maybe we can use dogs to detect early COVID and to, to determine whether people might be transmitting COVID. And, um, you know, the, the rate limiting step was you got to train the dogs and, you, you, you know, you, it's fine if they're, if they're calling false, you know, false, uh, positives, but you don't want them having too many false negatives. Like, uh, you know, everyone's going to right. a concert and the dogs are sniffing and like, ah, oh, that guy's okay. And he's meanwhile got COVID and he goes into the concert and ends up giving right. everybody COVID. But they were trying to determine, might you be able to use animals to, to, to sniff out COVID is a screening process, like, you know, as opposed to having everybody do all this testing. Um, I, I think that it actually probably is possible, but there's a lot of training and, um, it wasn't exactly, um, practical, but it was an exciting idea. And then in the article, they talked about how some people with epilepsy, which is a seizure disorder, that they will also have, um, 
They, they give off a particular change in their biochemistry that it's a scent. It could be a pheromone. It could be in their sweat. Who knows what it is? But the dogs can often detect this. So many people with seizure disorders, their dogs actually will often notify them and they'll, they'll say, Oh yeah, my dog knows when I'm going to have a seizure. So, and then of course, you know, there's, and they detect earthquakes too, where they can sense, or they now, so if if I, first of all, for someone that said, doesn't really know much about this, you certainly do know a lot about this (laughs) and you keep saying dogs. So is it, is it most specifically dogs? Like I can see cats are known for being lazy. I don't know that cats detect (laughs) a lot of stuff. Yeah. Cats Um, don't like working. Right. But it's also, it's not going to be like, you're not going to have a giraffe in the doctor's office trying to like detect shit stuff. <laughs> well, that, you know, Dimitri, okay, you've stumped me. I do not know much about giraffe's sense of smell, but you know, like I'm on the second floor here. So hypothetically, you know, I could have a Open giraffe up the window. outside and just popping its head into my window, then going to my neighbor. <laughs> I think we're on to something. Yeah. Um, but I don't think the dog or giraffe is going to replace some of the medical technology like the uh, multi-cancer detection tests or MRIs. But, you know, I, I think that there is, you know, certainly stuff that, the, that animals can detect, but whether it's going to really move the needle in modern medicine, I don't know, but it, it is a cool story, an idea, especially with like the COVID, you know, imagine going to a concert and there's a bomb sniffing dog and a COVID sniffing dog. I mean, they're, yeah, right. They, they, they're, they're trained to sniff out bombs and stuff like that. So, and, and those, those dogs that work for the FBI and the police were amazing at what they can, they just get a little article and pick up a scent or hunting dogs. You know, I actually have a story though. My, um, my wife, but we were not married yet. We were engaged and she was, um, in Chicago at, at business school. And my, we had a dog, we had a chocolate lab that was there with her. And, um, one day he just, you know, she was just sitting on the couch or whatever, and he walked up to her and he pressed his nose to her back and he went and he just inhaled like deeply pressing his nose against her back. And she kind of fell back there and she had like a little mole or something and she went and got it checked out. And it was like a precancerous mole that she had removed. Uh, so, a dermatologic dog. Yeah. So, but so it's like, so clearly we know dogs can do this type of stuff. So yeah. I agree, you know, not that you're looking for me to agree with you. That's, but, but they're, I don't think, you know, I, I, for Asa, I don't think they're going to replace medical uh, things, but they certainly have proven that they can help. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I do think that, um, I mean, it is well known, you know, we always see these service dogs in the hospital and they really can empathize with human beings and they can tell when people are sick and they're very, very kind. I mean, it's crazy. Even in our own house, we have two dogs. And when one of our kids is sick, those dogs are with them the whole time. Right, really very compassionate too, people. Right? Oh, that's why you know humans and dogs have coexisted. We we like them and they like us. The problem is, dogs also like to sniff other things, right? So you go over to someone's house for a party and the dog is sticking its nose in your crotch. That doesn't mean that you have you should worry about testicular cancer or something. That just means that the dog is doing also what dogs do. Dogs are very confusing. They like to keep you guessing. That's right. Well, so, you know, that's how the dogs are like, okay, we got another one. And then I bring them into the exam room and I got to do a whole exam. Men, men and women, you know, the dogs are, the dogs are like, oh, I got another one here. I got a live one. <laughs> Dimitri, uh, when did okay. you shower last? When did I shower last? Oh, the dog. Got it. I was like, wait a minute. Well, this just took a right turn. Just because I'm wearing a t-shirt does not mean I don't clean up. Uh, let's move on to the next question. Okay. Good question. Dear uh, Dr. Todd, after my boyfriend and I have sex, I go to the bathroom to pee and clean up. 
But recently, there hasn't been anything to clean up, as in sperm, it says. Where is it going? Is it possible he just stopped making it? Thanks, Stephanie. Hmm. So once again, we're back to the omissions and emissions Mm. questions. Um, Let's see. Well, we don't have an age on Stephanie or her partner. So, you know, I would say one thing, you know, that could be happening is this man isn't actually having an orgasm. Right. So he's just like, yeah, that's enough. I've I've had fine. Now that can happen with certain medications like SSRIs, et cetera, where men can have delayed ejaculation or anorgasmia. Um, There are. Well, it's not delayed. So it's not like she goes to clean up and then he fires off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He just says like, maybe he faked it. He just missed it. She went, you know, when you're in a movie and you go to the bathroom and you miss something important in the movie. I don't think that's what's happening. No, but maybe, maybe he, he was pretending to have an orgasm and didn't. You know, so unusual, but possible. Right. And, you know, so then there's people who can have, um, you know, and that might be, or or maybe someone's just like, look, I can't have an orgasm because of the medication I'm on and I'm done having sex. And maybe he just didn't tell her that. Um, There are certain medications like uh, a classic one is Flomax Tangulosin, which we use for um, benign prostatic hypertrophy, which people will have. um, I know what that means. Yeah, in large prostate, older men get it, and they can actually get a retrograde ejaculation where they the ejaculate actually doesn't come out; it just gets sort of reabsorbed. Um, so, I would say that it's not like he stopped. And then, of course, there are other medications, even like finasteride, which people, Dimitri, who for those who can't see, you're probably not taking this. It's a hair growth medication, and that medication actually will significantly. You're supposed to your, make you're supposed to make people feel better, not worse. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work for you, but yes. anyway. So I I would suspect that this is probably a medication side effect, if anything. Um, but it's not. Most people who are healthy men, you know, even up into their 80s, who haven't aren't on any medication who haven't had any type of um, prosthetic surgery, like to reduce benign prosthetic hypertrophy, are typically going to have some type of emission, emission with orgasm. So I, I, I think we need, I always hate to say it, but we need more. She's, I think, is it Stephanie? Was that her name? It's Stephanie, yeah. Stephanie needs a little bit more information from her partner. But if he's satisfied and she's satisfied, then I don't think there's a problem. Well, no, it's, but that's the question. So is he satisfied? And I don't know. She, and clearly she's not satisfied because she's clearly worried about it because she, she you know, wrote to, to us. But the question here is, it says, my, uh, but recently there hasn't been anything. So there was before and then it stopped. So yeah. what you're saying is if he has started a new medication, that is a very viable option as an answer as to what happened. However... And and I it, it pains me to say this just in case because I know Stephanie's probably listening as as I hope she would since she sent in a question. Um, if, if he did not start taking medication, then your thing is that he's probably faking it. So the problem is is he is he not is it an attraction thing? Is is he not into it? Is you can't so I, I once answered this question for someone I went to high school with. You can't run out of it, right? It, no. does, it just doesn't. It's not like well, if he was cheating on her, then he wouldn't have any. If he cheated in the afternoon, he wouldn't have any evening. That's not how that works. Well, again, so if you have an orgasm, 
the amount of ejaculate emission that you're going to have in subsequent ejaculations is going to be less. So it might be that this man had had, maybe he had an ejaculation before he went and saw her because he thought that was going to help him not have premature ejaculation. And then he may have less volume in that ejaculate than he had earlier in the day. It, it does take some time to sort of rebuild it. So, okay. if you, so if you have, and, 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 you know, for the most part, if it builds up too much, it just gets reabsorbed in your body. It's not like you've got some like, you know, well down there that, you know, builds up in, indefinitely. It just sort of gets reabsorbed. But if you have your ejaculation, then you have a second one. And if you're, you know, capable of a third one, they'll, they'll get subsequently smaller. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't think about that, but I appreciate the, uh, the insight, Dimitri. It doesn't well, mean. And- Oh, this is what I do. It does take a village. And I'm uh, interesting enough. We're not going to go off on this tangent now, but maybe for another time. And notice you said if he's done it before, the volume is lower. So I wonder if people have, have ever thought of that as, as, as a not a reliable one, but as a birth control. Right. If you have less volume. And the, for the people that I'm not recommending this, I'm just saying we can talk about this another time. Yeah. But that is something. Don't, don't get into that um, recommendation because even if there's one sperm, one great swimmer, that's all it takes. Not a recommendation. Let's make that clear now. And yeah. I just want to say that, you know, some people say, I like when you talk dirty. I like when you talk stupid to me. When you pause <laughs> down, you go, E-missions. So I don't confuse <laughs> it with O-missions. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Stephanie, listen, I think uh, that came out a little bit better than it started. So that is not a pun uh, intended. But let's, uh, let's move on to the next question. All right. Dr. Todd, my wife and I are arguing over cleaning products. She says that we shouldn't be using basic cleaning products around the house, products that we have been around our entire lives. All of a sudden, we need to buy organic cleaning products and throw out and waste all the stuff we already own. Is there really that much of a difference? Thanks, Paul. Well, I feel like one of the a while ago, someone asked a question about scented candles. And this falls into that category. I think that to tell you the truth, I, I just don't know. I mean, I, you know. There are some people who are, you know, cleaning operating rooms with Clorox, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's, you know, a, a di- you know, hot water and Clorox and, you know, really trying to get rid of all the bacteria. And, um, but I, I don't know. I have to say, I think the organic stuff is a business. I think if you're eating, you know, food that has been, um, maybe made in an organic fashion with less pesticides or hormones added to it, um, I think that there's, that's probably better for you. But the truth is, is like, I'm just kind of guessing as to how I, I don't know, right. because I'm, you know, like I said, I'm six, four, 250 pounds. And I can tell you, I didn't eat any organic food till I was about 35 years old. I never heard of it. And, right. you know, I don't know how I got this big, but I can tell you it wasn't for my mom giving me organic cheese and eggs. Um, yeah. You know, so again, I think it's, I think people like the idea of the organic products, um, but I truly just don't recall seeing any studies speaking to how beneficial they were. Um, there's some hypothetical stuff, and you know, in particular with the, some of the foods that have hormones associated with them. But for the cleaning products, I think it's more about like the, the irritation to your nose or eyes or airways. 
that, you know, more so than whether the stuff was produced organically or inorganically. I, I just can't, I can't tell you. Right. I wish I knew that. Well, but that's an interesting thing you brought up. So uh, uh, OR rooms, emergency rooms, uh, uh, you know, uh, surgery rooms, whatever. So th they clean them with Clorox? Well, disinfectants, but they're not typically organic disinfectants. They're bacteria-sidal right. disinfectants and, you know, that they really, you know, clean. And then, you know, of course, all the instruments are sterilized at high temperatures um, and packed in sterile um, packaging. Uh, right. But I, I just don't know. I, 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 you know, look, in my household, you know, we have organic everything and it costs, a, you know, a little bit more, not that much more. I, does it seem like that, you know, maybe a reasonable hedge to spend 10%, 20% a year more on organic products? I guess so. But if you said, can you give me the science to back it up, like real science, not just some anecdotal study? I, I don't right. have it. So I would say to Paul, good luck with his argument. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we don't, I mean... Well, I mean, Paul's argument was we've been around it our whole lives, right? And you have heard of people that ate food with pesticides on them that, that has caused a, a an illness or has caused a problem. Have you heard of anyone that um, got sick or something from from using non-organic cleaning? Like, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I agree. I'm with you. I don't have that answer. It seems like I haven't heard about that. No. And it seems like obviously organic this and that has become a big thing. There's organic diapers, there's organic clothing, there's organic. So I think in the long run, it's probably better for the earth and it's better for people. But to Paul's yeah. point, we've yeah, been around it. Do I need to throw everything out that we purchased already and start anew or? Yeah. I mean, I really think that the truth is, is if, it, if there can be less harmful byproducts in production, um, maybe that's the benefit of organic products. Right. But I, I don't know. I don't have the answer and I don't know how like a furniture cleaner qualifies as organic. I, I just don't know. Yeah. Okay. But, but, but I think the main thing is any certainly people can have with detergents or soaps, um, uh, air fresheners, th those can trigger allergies, skin or respiratory, ocular. So it's more, you know, some some people have to really have these very mild detergents and soaps that are non-scented because the uh, other stuff really makes them irritated. Right. Okay. All right. Let's move good on luck, to the next question. Luck, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll this, take this, that just, hide off your hands. This, yeah, this just comes down to a battle between Paul and his wife and how, how far he's willing to go to, uh, to defend the, the cleaning products he already owns. So good luck to you, Paul. Yeah. All right. Next question. Dr. Todd, not sure if you saw it. I guarantee he has. Dr. Todd sees everything. But there was a report that scientists have invented a safety shot. It's an alcohol detox drink that supposedly could cut your blood alcohol content in half in 30 minutes. Is that possible? What would be the benefits to this? Could this also lead to helping to cure diseases too? Thanks, Gabriella. Hmm. Okay. Did I speak too soon? Have you not heard, no, about, no. heard about the safety shot? <laughs> well, I don't know if she's talking about like a shot, like you drink a shot or like an injection. I think it's a beverage, a, a beverage. beverage. Well, yeah. probably that's activated charcoal. That, that's what I suspect that is. And, you know, I think we talked about this. We did. We talked about it last week, I believe. But, <laughs> but this says, this yeah, says it yeah. can cut your blood alcohol content in half in 30 minutes. That seems like. 
Well, so, okay. So basically what happens, maybe this is an interesting way to answer this question. So when you, when you drink alcohol, obviously the more food you have in your stomach, sort of the less the alcohol is going to affect you. If you're drinking alcohol on an empty stomach, it passes, you know, goes down into your small intestine and gets absorbed. And then it passes through your liver. And that's, you know, where your, your body processes alcohol. And of course, some of it goes to your brain and, you know, that's where you feel the effects of it. It affects all, all different types of stuff in your body. But right. if there was a shot, maybe it was, maybe it's some type of enzyme that breaks the alcohol down in your small intestine. Um, like a, you know, some, some type of enzyme that maybe helps your body digest the alcohol so that if you were to drink a couple of beers and that might move your, you know, blood alcohol point to that if you took this enzyme along with it, that it would digest that alcohol in your small intestine and maybe you wouldn't absorb as much of it into your, um, into your bloodstream and therefore feel less effects of it. But I don't know about this. It's not a FDA medication. It might, it's probably more of a natural therapy, kind of a, uh, right. a, you know, like a, something you might buy, uh, you know, in the health food aisle at Whole Foods. Right. It says scientists that develop. So, but here, so give this to me in, in, in layman's terms. So if someone's at a bar, right. Yeah. And they've had a bunch of drinks yeah, and they take this detox shot. And it cuts their blood alcohol content in half. Does that mean are they sobering up in thirty minutes? Are they getting less hangovers? Are they like is, is it counteracting say, the intoxication? Would, well, hypothetically, if it if it truly did what it said, and you know, I think you would be less intoxicated, and you would your body would be processing less alcohol, so you'd probably be less hungover as well. I mean, right. which might beg the question, why even bother having the drinks in the first place? And why not just drink? No, water? no, no. Let's not go there because you still have <laughs> that time from when you, you enjoy the drinks. And we talked about this. I do. Having drinks, you're with friends, you're on a right. date, whatever it may be. You're having drinks. It may, it calms you down. You feel, but then the problem was that you keep having them. So if there's something now to counteract that, then, you know, let's not, whoa, whoa, listen, <laughs> don't get all medical school on me. All right. We're not yeah, cutting yeah. out drinks. Yeah, no. In fact, I was going to propose maybe if this thing comes out, Maybe we do a show where I just drink, you know, the whole time and then I take a detox shot in like the last five, 10 minutes of the, of the podcast and we see how, how it works. Listen, if that were, if this is available, I would be interested in it myself. Yeah. I just want to make sure that whatever's in the shot isn't more harmful for you than the alcohol. That's yeah. always the question. You know, what's, what's worse, the disease or the cure? So I, I would just want to know a little bit more about this. So maybe, but you know, things are always being invented. My Instagram is full of all these things that you can take to make you feel great. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right. Well, I guess we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, Gabriella, let's, you know, let's, let's keep an eye on that and see what happens because that could be a, that could be a game changer. It could be. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then I, maybe I, if I took it, I wouldn't feel as drunk as I do right now. Okay. <laughs> last, we have time for one more question. Sure. Dr. Todd. Oh, there's a theme. Dr. Todd. I feel like this was just sent in. Dr. Todd, <laughs> how can you fix premature ejaculation? Thanks. This, I think Stephanie's boyfriend just sent this in after he heard Stephanie's question. Right. right. This, is, this is actually part of our live stream. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. We should live stream. Yeah. Hold on. Let me get a pen before you answer this about premature ejaculation. <laughs> um, okay. 
This is uh, this is a little. This is a good question, actually. There's a lot of nuance to it. So essentially, premature ejaculation is is essentially anxiety. And so I frame that for people in that those terms because they're like, oh, okay. Because I'm like, this isn't a disease. There's nothing wrong with you. It doesn't mean that you're like not good at this. It's essentially that your body that is in sort of this fright or flight. Um, sympathetic system, sympathetic tone. And it really needs to be in the rest and digest parasympathetic. And so I think that having sex is very exciting still. The thought of having sex is exciting. I hope your wife is listening. Yes. Yes. The thought is is even (laughs) exciting. No, the, um, the thought is exciting. The act is exciting. The fantasy is exciting. So when you get in the actual game, there's a lot of excitement going on and as, and people want to perform. They want to please their partner and all of these things are going through their head. And essentially what happens is their body, it, you know, just ejaculates to emits emission too soon. And people get really, really frustrated with it. And sort of the more it happens, the worse it gets because the anxiety around it gets worse. Um, but most people who have been in longer relationships with a partner tend to get more comfortable with their partner. That communication is much better. So I usually tell people, keep doing it. It's going to get better. Have open conversations about it. You can laugh about it. You can don't laugh at me, but laugh with me, you know, right. whatever. And, and, and the more comfortable that people get, typically it gets better. And it's much worse in the beginning of relationships when people are really excited and they're trying to please each other than it is down the road. Uh, most women who've been with more than one person sort of realize that. And ideally, they're going to be sympathetic. For some reason, guys come and they, they talk to me about this like they're the first person this has ever happened to. Women are like, oh, yeah, my boyfriend's got some premature ejaculation. It always seems to get a little bit better. Not, all, not everybody, but usually the men are really worked up about this. And it's interesting you said it's a, it's an anxiety because it it seems like although you did kind of bring up both of them it it does seem like it's more of like an excitement right like yeah. an enjoyment and an excitement and that's just but then you you couple that with oh I'm really enjoying this but I don't want to enjoy it too much too early right and then the anxiety kicks in yeah right or I I want to be you know I want this person to be really happy and turned on by me and pleased by me and I'm worried that they're not going to be and oh there we go. Right. But, but, um, yeah. And then of course there are medications, um, that we can use as well. Some of the medications that we talked about in the beginning that might cause anorgasmia, things like, um, paroxetine, which is a, which is otherwise known as Paxil. A lot of people. That sounds real arousing. (laughs) Sometimes we'll use those medications. You know, you know, if people are going to be having sex on the weekend, we might give them even paroxetine for a couple of days and, it, that seems to work. But usually I, I tell people, you know, the more comfortable you get, the better it's going to get. And I try and reassure them that it's not something that's going to plague them the rest of their life. And then actually it's kind of a nice place often to jump off and say, Hey, you know, is anxiety something that is part of your life in other areas? And you'll hear often people are like, Oh my God, of course. Yeah. Like, ah, you know, and then you're talking about something. Right. Totally different. right. So yeah, um, good, it's a good question. So, and but, I think and- Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that is actually a good question to talk to your doctor about. 
I love that that sometimes we have these full on questions with details and you're like, I need some more information. This one literally just said, Dr. Todd, how do you fix premature ejaculation? Thanks. No name. And you're like, there's so many layers to this question. Like you were there's I found that amusing. Um, but to go back to Stephanie's question from before about her boyfriend, and you had mentioned perhaps he's doing he's doing something beforehand, perhaps he's like masturbating beforehand, which is then causing him. So that is also, a, I, I would assume, based on what you said, a technique to to uh, to pr- pr- perhaps try to to help offset premature ejaculation. Sure, I think there was a scene about it in something about Mary. There sure Very was famous scene with Ben Stiller and Cameron Diaz. Yeah, that was the old uh, the the. The improvised earring. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. Now we're cleaning this up. All the stuff we talk about, we're like, oh, there was a scene. Uh, yes, there was that great scene um, when uh, Chris Elliott referred to it as as uh, fl- choking the chicken, flogging the dolphin, or whatever it was. And he was basically telling Ben Stiller's character that he had to um, take care of himself before he went on a date. Yeah. So that's that's what we're talking about here. I think that yeah. he was he was speaking to this same problem. Yeah. And I also want to point out that um, in answering this question, you had a lot of great medical stuff, but I did see the compassionate Dr. Todd, the husband and the father come through because in the beginning you were like, there's anxiety and it has nothing to do with, with what you're like. And I think people listening, I know I felt that I think all of a sudden it was like, Hey, Dr. Todd's telling me that I'm a good lover. And you know, I felt, it felt like you were giving people a little pep talk, like not to worry you, you know, and, and I thought that was really sweet. That's nice. And, and that's a little something else that you bring to the table, Dr. Todd. Well. Happy, happy to. Mm. It is, it, it is. I will say, it is actually quite nice when you can reassure somebody that something that they're very, very upset about, that they were very hesitant to come talk to you about, that you can talk to them and say, you know what, you are not even the first person today to have this conversation with me, and they right. often feel very reassured, and that that is always very nice. That is nice. And I think that's important. You know, it's the same thing we're talking about down here. It also goes up here. Don't keep all that stuff in your head because it's just going to, it's going to just bubble over. Talk about these. The, the, the important thing here is to talk about this stuff. Um, all right. Well, let me, let's run down Dr. Todd's Rex, his Rx from the, from the show. Animal detection. He says, let them sniff. Who knows where it's going to lead to? Right. Disappearing sperm is no magic trick. There's something behind it. <laughs> Organic cleaning products. Um, he's anything's better than dirty. So, you know, there's nothing to tell the difference there. Just go with what you got. And if you end up going to organic to please your partner, then do that. Safety shot. Um, who knows? It's, it could be your best shot, but we don't know. And we're going to do a little test down the road if that thing comes out. And um, he said it's never too early to, to talk about premature ejaculation. So um, talk about it. It's anxiety. It's excitement. There's nothing wrong with it. And so there are ways around it. Yeah. How'd I do? I think you did great. I think you did great. I I really think that the question of the cleaning product should have gone to you. I should have. Huh. I, we should have had you answer that one. I think you could be. You might have been better at that than me. Oh, this is exciting. All right. Well, well. Who knows? Okay. Send in questions for either myself or Dr. Todd in the next episode. Um, as always, I want to thank Dr. Todd, but we want to thank together. We want to thank uh, Los Angeles Magazine. LA Magazine for giving us the uh, the platform to do this. Hopefully, it's helping you guys. I know I'm enjoying it, so yes. hopefully, you're enjoying it and uh, and you're you're learning some stuff too. Thank you, Dr. Todd. Thank you, Dimitri. I'll see you next week. All right. Thank you for listening to the Is This Odd Dr. Todd program from Los Angeles Magazine Studios. If you have any medical questions and want to hear from Dr. Todd, be sure to email podcasts at lamag.com. 